Hey, everyone, if you love combat sports such as Kyokushin Karate, boxing, BJJ, MMA, you name it, hit the like, share, subscribe button to the Drew Spirience Show, the 100% combat sports show on all platforms, YouTube, Spotify, Apple. Hit the like, share, subscribe button. We're fast growing. We're going up like a stock. So today I want to say, wow, this is a guest back by popular demand. And he came on back in May of last year. Um, you know, you know. I'm so fucking stoked. You know, I, I'm, I'm going to swear here. You know, it's my show. I do what the fuck I want anyways. So I'm going to say it. Back by popular demand. Weighing in at 155 pounds. You know him as the maverick of Kyokushin Karate. Here we go. Darren Hitman. Chad, welcome back to the Drew Spirience. Cheers, my friend. Cheers. Cheers with a half-empty water bottle. It ain't wine, Boom. but hey. Having a glass of wine on you, my friend. How you doing? You good? I'm fucking great, man. It's good to have you back. You know, I've been, I'm so be back. fucking happy that you're back on here, man. <laughs> I'm giving you a hard on. It's okay, man. I've a couple of glasses of wine down already. I feel I'm going to come out with something inappropriate, I'm sorry, my friend. It's okay. It's okay. Uh, it does that. Let's just try to make sure we got to keep it somewhat appropriate because I don't want to Yeah. I'll keep it appropriate. Don't worry. I'll, I'll behave. I'll, the maverick I, will behave. Maverick will be, yeah, because you know, we got Goose, which is Stringer, and then we yeah. have you, which is Maverick, because you do stuff. Yeah. I've got to figure out who, no, uh, no, no, no. So, uh, Darren Stringer is my ice, he's mm -hmm. my he's, he's, he's saved my bacon a couple of times, so he's he's, he's my ice, he's my wingman. That's true, that's true. <laughs> oh, my, he's wingman. Yeah, that's true because you know what, Iceman. That's why Stringer is like Iceman because Iceman is so by the book, but he does everything perfect too. By the book, own. perfectionist. By the book, adored, respected, and then there's the fucker like me, the arsehole, that literally does the total opposite, and Iceman has to save Maverick. But then, like they say in the new Maverick, you know, when he said, eh, who's the better pilot? Don't have any good moments. So we've got that thing going on. But no, nah, he's, uh, he's the man. He's the man. He's the one that's the fifth, sixth down. He's the, he's the one smashing it, and I'm just the one that doesn't stop opening my mouth. So. <laughs> well, hey man, no, it's great. It's it's amazing to see what you guys were doing. You know, um, you made you became a you made you had an amazing interview with uh, Webster's Media. Shout out to Webster. You know, fucking yeah. love that. That guy's it's a that guy's a gen. That guy's a gen. Did such he's, he's so a, good with videos. That sexy, man has a good sexy, he's sexy. That boy. <laughs> he really is. Are you both sexy? Thank you. Um, I no, got no, the uh, chin there. <laughs> he's a uh, nah, he's cool he's cool uh, I've known Carlton a long time and he's uh, yeah he, he did that and um, it got a load of load of hits and likes and things and I got you know a lot of lot of response from that as well as, as well as your thing as well so yeah he's cool he's cool and I think what's cool about uh, about about him is, is that we've known him a long time you know I've trained with him I've competed with him mm. um, and you know we've we've you know got a history there so it was uh, it was good fun filming that day because there was Darren there. There was also Sammy from One Kyokushin. He was there as well, uh, obviously, because it was for One Kyokushin. And it was a, it was a funny day. Um, so uh, it was good fun doing that. That that was a really good interview because I watched yours and Stringer's. Sammy yeah. was just introduced, but I think Sammy's just the kind of guy that just like, you know, show the face, but I'm not going to say much because I'm the one that's doing it. Yeah, I think work. what I like about Sammy is he's really, he's really quite, he's a very lovely guy. Uh, yes. A gent, and, uh, but he's very, he's, he comes across a bit shy. Um, and um, he's uh, which is very endearing as well. And um, <clears throat> you, you think you know, he's, like you say, he's got all this following. You know, he's got a massive thing with one Kyokushin, but he's uh, 
he, he's actually quite quite a shy guy, which is very sweet in itself. Uh, he's just a lovely, just a really nice guy. And I think when he when he had the camera in front of him, he was a bit like, uh, I'll just say hi. And, and that's it. So, um, but he's, he's a lovely, Sam is a wicked guy as well. He's doing, you know, he's doing a lot for all of us with Kyokushin, but then also, you know, like I said on the, on the, on that interview, um, the, uh, you know, the fighters of yesteryear, the fighters that are, that are finished, retired, you know, you see a lot of these fighters that, that just disappear into the wilderness. You see, you know, when you turn up and people go, oh, that guy over there or that girl over there, you think, oh, really? And I think with today's day and age, with social media and videos and phones and stuff, mm-hmm. you know, you can, you get remembered, but also you can stay, not stay current, but you can, you, you know, you, well, you, be remember, you can be remembered. Um, so I think with Kyokushin, you, you know, you spend your life, particularly Kyokushin, you spend your life doing it, or if you have spent your life doing it, um, and then, you know, you're so passionate about fighting. A lot of us do the knockdown, obviously, you know, you, you're passionate about that. And I think sometimes, I, for me personally, it's quite sad when, when you see really good fighters and all of a sudden they're just ostracized or they're just out in the, you know, right at the stud and the, the, no one talks, not, not necessarily talks to them, but they're just kind of forgotten a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're not, they're not as celebrated. And, um, you know, we had, when we, were, when we were all together in the BKK, you know, the IFK, we had, so my coach, uh, one of my main coaches, uh, Graham Warden, Noddy, his brother, Timmy, and Paula, his wife, uh, they weren't married at the time, but th- those two became world champions in 1997 in Russia. Now, Russia, to be become a world champion in the IFK World Tournament in Russia, that's a big thing. Um, but they kind of weren't celebrated. They kind of, they kind of, they kind, of, they kind of weren't celebrated. And you know what? I'm not in the big cake or the IFK now, so I don't care. But they weren't. They weren't celebrated. And, um, you know, years later, if you said to people, and well, no disrespect to Timmy and Paula, and this is what I think is sad, you said to people, oh, Timmy and Paula Warden, they go, oh, anything? They, these guys should be brought back to, to um, award, um, you know, present people with trophies and they should be sat at the top table. And, you know, Timmy and Paula should be refereeing the last fights and stuff because they, they are our world champions at all were our world champions and so I just think things like that it's a, you know it's a little, little bit sad um, so but one Kyokushin I'm waffling on now that's mine one Kyokushin and things like that it, it helps people stay up there and, and people's uh, memory banks it really does also another example would be Michael Thompson K1 legend and you know Michael Thompson like just disappeared and you know KRT was trying to bring him back like they, they were yeah. doing it they were going really hard they even like even Felix you know, shout out to Felix. Was Felix was saying, Michael, like, come back and just tell your story. You don't have to do yeah. any training. Just give your story so you can we can we can yeah, celebrate I'm, you. I mean, sorry. I mean, everyone knows my uh, my love for Michael and my my respect for Michael. And you know, I trained a long time with Michael. And um, and I think you know, like I said in the last interview, I think either with you or with Carlton. You know, my, my then instructor got beaten by Michael in the in the final of the, of the I think, 89 British. And I remember thinking, OK, that's the guy to beat the guy. Who's that? Who's that man? And then just following his career, seeing Felix uh, come up through the ranks and, and smashing it, seeing Michael. But it was, it was you know, my, Michael, I'd seen Michael for a few years as a young kid. And I think he was the one that I wanted to, he was the one that I wanted to go and train with, Michael Thompson. That was it. Michael Thompson, Michael Thompson. And so finally... A few years later, I got the chance to, to to train with him, and the shit that I learned from Michael, and obviously Felix was part of that as well. So it's Felix and training with Felix and Michael, 
And Michael was fighting for for the for Andy Hugg's team still and doing all the K1 stuff. And so they were bringing me in to spy Michael. And I just used to think, as a young kid, thinking, God damn, this is this is Michael, this is the legend Michael Thompson. You've got a legend that's Felix Tomaso as well. Then what the fuck am I going to do? But again, because I was a bit unpredictable with the legs, I was like, no, oh, no, come down, you've got to come down, you've got to come down. You must come time with us. But the, the shit that I learned from from that was was unbelievable. And just a really nice guy, you know, you have you around his house, you know, with his wife and kids to, to, to have dinner and stuff and have food between training sessions. But then again, like you say, like you say, you know, I, I opened the gym in 2004 and I brought Michael over from Ireland to open a gym for me and he did. And, um, but I think he was, I don't know, it's, it's not for me to tell his story, but, and I don't know too much of the story. I just know bits. So again, it's not fair for me to, to say a story that's for his, his, his but from my point of view you just think fuck this guy was is a legend a legend like Felix you know and, and you know, Nick DaCosta and Noddy you know these guys but Michael the, the stuff that Michael did who he fought you know the guys that he fought what he achieved how he did it uh, his flair the way he did stuff as well and then gone like gone you know wasn't around so, you know, I feel sorry for the karateka that was coming through that could have benefited from Michael coaching him. I feel mm-hmm. sorry for, you know, the, you know, people not getting coached by him at tournaments. Well, and I feel sorry for Michael that, you know, he put, spent his life, dedicating his life um, to, to, to karate. And then that's it. Done. Forgotten. When Marvin Hagler on us, he he Hagler he Hagler the whole martial arts world and just you know, like became a, a famous like physiotherapist, I believe. Like he yeah yeah. Last time I heard uh, on when I spoke to him last, he was he was a, he's a physio. I think he still is that. I think I haven't spoken to him in years now. Uh, I think from what Felix was saying last time we spoke about him. Doing really well with the physio. I think you know he's doing a lot of like rugby teams and we're you know talking world-class teams and stuff so he's uh he's doing his thing um which is which is nice um but yeah the whole thing i mean that's a perfect example that's a perfect example he's probably you know ne- next to nick DeCosta and felix you know there he's probably the most one of the most decorated fighters to ever come out of britain mm-hmm. um and the way he did it as well and 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 you know to to not have him you know you you just think for the fighters coming through the ranks, like me when I was coming through Darren and all the others that were coming through the ranks, what would have been if we had had his input as well? You know, if we'd had if we'd had him there. I mean, we all did all right and well and with who we had, and that's not taking it away from who we had because you know they were amazing. Um, but I, you know, it's just sad. I think everyone everyone can bring something different to the table, and I think with Michael, I mean, it goes without saying that the the what he has to offer. Um, you know, he's second to none. You know, it's, it's you can't pay, you can't buy that. You know, so and to just and then for just to be gone, not passed down, none, nothing. It's just sad. It's just sad. Oh no, and everyone's part of his. You know, karate and but I think I think karate left a real foul taste in his mouth, and that was it. I don't know. Again, it's his story. Get him on. Let let him tell his story, man. And it'd be interesting to listen to his story. So. Uh, I think it would be, but you know, there's all, and then you have like what one Kyokushin does that's so good is like they show the greats, like you know the Kurbanovs, the the Fijos, the Globe Fetosas, and yeah, yeah, the Judd yeah. Reeds. 
So it's nice to see that like Sammy's like showing the past, the present, and now the future too. It looks like there's like there's so much of these new dojos yeah. just popping up out of nowhere, and it's like, whoa! Yeah. It's like, where were you before? Yeah, there is, and also as well, what's really nice is you know you know like you just said some names there for Toza and Filio and you know you know the Lech Kerbinov, the you know some of the bigger names. You know, you're way, way back, you know, even me now, I'm oh, 45, you know, 15, 20 years ago, 10 years ago, there was, social media wasn't about like it is now. So you, you hear of the big names and you tend to hear of those names over and over again because, again, you know, if you have a top fighter that goes out, normally the top fighter will, will place, win or, or place. And so you get to hear that name. But I think with today's social media and stuff and, and things, there's so much more that you see and so many more people that you can follow, which is cool. I mean, there's people that I follow now that I see from different countries and stuff, and you think, oh, shit, it's that, it's that kid again. And he, that kid might not have won as much as a Fatosa, you know, as a Filio or, or, you know, those sort of fighters, but you, 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 um, you're following them because you think, oh, I like this kid can do this, or that girl can do that. Or, I've seen this guy. I've seen this guy. Oh, I wonder how he... So, you, you know, you watch their training videos. And then you see their, their tournament stuff as well. They post it because everyone's just posted, aren't they? So you tend to see a lot more karateka, I think, now. Um, so I think as a, as a karate fan, which I am, um, I was always a karate fan first before I was a fighter when I was a kid. And I think so, you know, now it's, it's, uh, it's good for the fans and mm -hmm. it's good for, you know, when you're following karate because you can, you can see, uh, you know, so many, more, so many more people. It's not just the big names that you always hear of now. Um, so, you know, back in the day, you hear someone did really well in a tournament, you wouldn't see it. Cause where would you see it? Unless exactly. someone had a video. We didn't have YouTube. Yeah. You had to wait for, like, a video or someone the to video. bootleg it. Yeah, that's it. what I mean. Yeah, and if they videoed it, they might not have videoed it. Um, so, uh, it's, uh, there's, there's so many, there's so much talent coming through. Um, but equally, there's so many clubs opening, just, just wishy-washy clubs opening as well. So, you know, one minute, they're, you know, they're, they're a yellow belt. The next minute, they're... Uh, fifth dan eighth dan and open the club and teach me you know? so there is that side of things as well but i don't mean you're never never going to get away from the mcdojos are you no. um so uh, you're never going to get away from the the, the dojos just open and they don't really know what the fuck they're doing um you know so i don't know i don't know um it's uh it's interesting it's it interesting. is what i like about your style too is that because yeah karate first but you're also real you're also a boxing coach and like you know you have a very give you're a successful yeah. boxing gym owner um and what's interesting is like when you when you do karate i have i've envisioned you like when i say okay hitman knows karate but he must have better hands than most karateka because when you think of karate it's like punch punch like rock him sock him but you you know how to like flow it more and yeah. a lot of sensei she like not a lot but some say no don't mix in boxing that's not good but then there's some like no you have to mix in yeah. the boxing okay i'm gonna i'll put this out there and then see if i get shot down um okay i think from a I'm a I'm a karate guy through and through. I'm a you know I've always started in karate. I'm, I'll end mm -hmm. with karate, and then you know I'm, I'm karateka. Um, like anything, though, I do think it has its drawbacks, and I think the the rigidness of karate, um, and and you know some of the applications of karate don't always. It could be like it could you could say that about a lot of martial arts. Don't really suit certain situations when you know. Uh, once upon a time, I used to, to to work on nightclub doors and things like that. And you know, you can't really drop into a zenkazadachi and throw. I mean, 
you know, the traditional, yes, all right, when you do the applications, the, mm. you know, the fighting form, it's, it's a bastardization of, of the, the, the proper application. But I, I have always been in love with boxing. Boxing has been in my family. I've always been in love with boxing. And, um, you know, I boxed as a kid. And, and um, I, I do, I, I, there is a sense of, there's, I, I do love the realism with, with the boxing. You know, I do love, you know, you get punched in the face straight, straight off. And, you know, it, people say this a lot with karate. It annoys me. It used to annoy me a lot more. But, you know, oh, you do that knockdown, but you don't punch in the face, do you? No. Try and get a kick to the face, though, mate, at, at whatever speed that's registering at. Um, you know, and that used to annoy me, but I do love the boxing. And uh, I think if you can, you know, I, I went into K1 or mm. K1 rules uh, fighting. Again, following, you know, the Michael Thompsons, you know, the Andy Hugs that I was looking up to when I was coming up through the ranks. And I think that having it, uh, if you can, if you're, if you're able to mix it, then you're just going to be a better fighter. If you're able to, to, it depends what you want to do. I mean, would you, would you move like that and rolling and slipping and stuff on a knockdown mat? No. So it depends what you want to use it for. I mean, it's not, no harm learning it. Um, and, and having it, I think, and if you're a student of karate where you have done it for a long time and you're able to pick up catters and you're able to, to adapt and things, um, then, then I think when you start to implement boxing into your training, you can adapt to that and, and learn and take aspects. It's going to sound cheesy now, but if you think of Bruce Lee, how he did his thing where he just took ideas. I mean, look at the, at the beginning of the dragon. They're basically doing MMA. Yeah. You know, so, you know, him and Sam are hung there in their little pants and their little MMA gloves, doing MMA. And I think, you know, I, I don't do jujitsu or, or you know, anything like that. So I wouldn't know what to do on the floor. So lately I've been thinking, oh, okay, maybe, I, uh, you know, I love martial arts. Maybe I'll start learning a bit of that just for a bit of fun. And also never know if someone tried to go for me and put me on the floor, I wouldn't know what to do. So it'd be nice to, to, to learn a bit of that as well. Um, but I do love, it's not for everyone, the boxing side of things, but I, I love, I do love the boxing. People get too in love with their hands and then they think that they can become a world beater, but then it's like, you know, there's other thing, other facets that you really need to understand with <laughs> using your fists. Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, and you used to get punched in the face all night long. That's Everyone's a bit, got a plan yeah. until they get punched in the face, as Mike Tyson says. Mike Tyson said, "That's right, that's right." And it and it is, it it really is. You know, you, you can be sparring. Now, I remember sparring. I think, okay, this is what I'm gonna do. And then whack. And you think, oh god, and you're sparring a guy that's seriously heavy-handed, and just survival mode kicks in rather than than trying to do your thing. But then that comes with experience. You then start to learn to deal with that, live with that, and then you're able to 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 do what you do you know so um i just had a lot of fun i just like fighting so i you know I, dad was a big boxing fan he's boxing in my family and and I, I so i was always in love with boxing i probably watched boxing before i even thought about karate when i was a kid mm -hmm. and then dad took me to karate but i always sat with dad and watched boxing and he, he you know he loves his football my dad as do i but we were a big boxing family we were, you know, the big fights. He'd be like, "Why?" Because I was sitting up watching Tyson. Did, you know, did you watch um, Hagler versus Minter back in the eighty? Because I know, like, things. Are... I, I, I've seen it now, but yeah, it's, you know, what was it nineteen eighty? I think, I think it was. My dad watched yeah. it. My dad watched it. Um, 
And uh, I went to school with Minter's son, uh, Ross Minter. He was uh, he was a year below me at school, wow. so his son uh, his son his son was in our school. So you you turn up to school, and you know my dad would be like, oh, "That's Ross Mint, that's, that's Alan Minter's son." And at the time, when I was a kid, I'd be like, "Who?" And he'd be like, oh, "That's Alan Minter." Again, YouTube wasn't about when I was a kid when the when the dinosaurs were roaming when I was a kid, <laughs> and 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 you know so now I sit there and go, "Shit, Alan Minter would have been at the school gate." Shit, Alaminta, undisputed king, Alaminta. You know, so I didn't, I didn't really appreciate it then because I, I, I was a kid. So, yeah. but yeah, he, he, he was, uh, he was there. But obviously, I, I my, my granddad. Uh, I think my, did my granddad take my dad there or some, something like that? My granddad was the boxer in the family, and it was awful. It, you know, he got pelted, pelted with uh, Hagler got pelted with with coins and stuff because he smashed up uh, Minta. Done a number on him. It was a smash and grab. Did a number on him. Minter didn't help his cause either when he's like, I'm not going to lose. Like, I mean, it was to- trash talk, but he said, I'm not going to lose quoting and don't cancel me, guys. This is not my words. Minter fa- infamously said, I'm not going to lose to a black man on home soil. It's funny because there was a debate on Facebook the other day. Uh, there's a guy, Ben Doughty. Um, he's a, a writer. He's a boxer. He's a writer as well. And that all came about. And apparently... The debate was the, the the debate was it wasn't denying the fact that Mint had said that it was someone had said he'd said it on TV, and they said no, he said it in a gym and in an interview. So there's always there's a there's a little bit of uh, a cloudy area there, but yeah, I yeah as, as legends has it, or as folklore has it, he said he wouldn't want to lose his title to a black guy. Uh, Mint, uh, Al, uh, sorry, Hagler absolutely destroyed him um and then i think was it wembley arena wembley uh, arena 1980 tell you what look at this how much of a boxing fan i am i know you're like you you're like a, a finicato like me with mma like i could like look up all the events but randomly you just said that we had no there was no pre-settings to this conversation like that. can you see that yeah Element, uh, and Marvin it. Hagler, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Look at that, guys. This is history right there. This is why Darren Hitman Chan is a history teacher of boxing. He doesn't have a PhD in it, but he knows his stuff. You know, don't doubt him. There you go. The middleweight championship of the world, Alaminta from England versus Marvel- Marvin Marvis Hagler, USA, Saturday, the 27th of September, 1980 at Wembley Arena. Damn. There you go. By, and it was presented by... Harry Levine and Mickey Duff. There you go. Yeah. Boom. I collect these uh these boxing cards. So, that's amazing. Uh, you got it. I yeah, had that a, one out the other day. So. That's amazing. Wow. What are the odds? Like in our conversation, that's 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 just that's crazy. That was um. You ever if you ever like I'm sure you know you know Marvin Hagler. You've watched uh, yeah. um. Did you ever watch the board film documentaries on YouTube? Like the, there's the, this guy named Joe Vincent. Uh huh. It's called Board Films, and he gets right, like okay. famous boxers. Like he's got Hagler. He's got the Sugar Ray. Uh, he's got uh, Sugar Ray Leonard. He's wow. got Tyson. It's Ali. Um, wow. What's his name? Uh, uh, the Hearns, Eddie Hearns, and um, the Roberto Duran. Like he made these amazing yeah. documentaries. It's like, and it gets th- this generation to understand, like, who were these guys? You know, don't pay attention to the Tyson Furies, the Canelos. Yeah. 
the the, the four kings, they're they're they're, they're my favourite. I mean, my my hero is Nigel Benn, and 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 he was coming in just after, just at the end of some of their careers. Um, there's a famous thing I watched the other day: Nigel Benn sparring uh, Roberto Duran, and Duran was just it's a prime Ben, prime Nigel Benn, and Duran was just making ease of the the, the sparring session, but. Um, Actually, I was fortunate enough with my boxing circles. Uh, managed to I met I met the hitman, I met Hearns, uh, which was amazing. Um, David Hay was doing a signing at a football club in Milton Keynes, and it was one of those Comic Con type things. And um, they had boxers there as well, randomly signing stuff. So you had Kawasaki there, him, um, uh, Michael Watson, and then we went for lunch. And I I was like that, and David was like, "What's the matter?" Thomas Hearns, Tommy Hearns, Tommy the Hitman Hearns, and I have a love affair with Cronk and the the ideologies and the um, you know the uh, the thought process and uh, things that Emmanuel Stewart um, basically put into that gym um, is what I try to follow and and the methodology in my gym, and I've had a love affair with Emmanuel Stewart and 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 and, and Cronk. Um, or well, I felt a connection to it for a long time, and then I was I was lucky enough to work with Andy Lee, who who went to the Conk Gym and worked with Emmanuel Stewart, and so I I learned a lot of stuff from Andy, you know Emmanuel Stewart's pads and stuff like what, what he used to teach Andy. So I, I managed to meet Hitman Hearns and you know the whole Conk thing. I was just like damn. And then my friend owns a my friend's friend owns a nightclub in London. I said, look, we're doing a we're doing an event. Would you like to come? Big boxes coming. Oh, who's that? Roberta Duran. So uh, we went up and met Roberto Duran and his son uh, in town as well. So I've met two of the four kings. Sadly, I won't meet one of them now. Um, but I live in hope to meet uh, Sugar Ray because that would be just amazing. Amazing. Here's a question for you. Yeah. Sugar Ray in his prime and Floyd Mayweather in his prime. Who wins? Ooh, such a tough question. I'm interviewing you now. Okay. Ooh, this is the I, Darren Chad experience interviewing Drew. <laughs> I want to say, you know what? I'm going to say uh, Prime Sugar. And that's because I feel Sugar Ray had like the style that was very, very, it was a very hard style to keep up with. Like, you know, look, I'm not a boxing affinicato like you by any means, but I mean, my mom has a picture with Sugar Ray, like when she was in Bermuda. Yeah, yeah. And my mom's yeah. like, you got to watch this guy if you're into martial arts. And I used to watch some Sugar Ray highlights. So I would say Sugar Ray because Sugar Ray just had something different about him. Yeah, he had yeah. this like, he had this flow to him that was different from Floyd. Mm, but also as well, this is how good Sugar Ray was. Okay, so I used to work for a guy called Adam Booth, uh, who's a very world-famous boxing coach. I used to be his assistant coach and he trained David. Anyway, he met Sugar Ray Leonard. And Sugar Ray Leonard is his hero. Uh, I think Sugar Ray Leonard for him is the Nigel Ben for me. And um, he asked him a question and he said, when you fought uh, Hearns, he said, you were losing the fight and you changed the, your style. What, what was your thought process? And you think to yourself, Hearns, you know, this guy, like Duran and like Hagler, were like just on you. And at the time, those that era, like Mugabe, you know, the uh, the Beast Mugabe, those, those fighters were just, you know, you didn't have time to think or do anything. They were just, it was just barbaric. They were just real wars. And he said that, apparently he said to Adam Booth that he came out and was, he said, as he was walking out to the ring, he was saying, Sugar Ray Leonard, this is, he said, 
who would beat Tommy Hearns? Who would beat Tommy Hearns? Muhammad Ali. Muhammad Ali would beat Tommy Hearns. So if you watch the first uh, part of the fight, he's moving around like Ali, but it wasn't working for him. So he had. He said through the fight, I think it was over halfway. He realised he sat in his store and thought, "Nah, this is not working. I'm gonna have to adapt." And what I thought was just amazing that he could be in a fight with Tommy Hearns, as someone that's just, you know, Tommy Hearns, and you're able to adapt during the fight, have take stock, realise that you're losing the fight, like appreciate that and be like, "Okay, I've got to do this," and he was able to change. And I think. You know, have you have we seen Floyd do something like that? I mean, I don't get me wrong, I don't want to get shot down here, but have we seen Floyd be in trouble in a fight where he has to adapt big time? Uh, really adapt big time, where he's losing the fight and then and then come and put it back out of the water. And, uh, but I, you know, I don't know, I don't, I don't think we have. Um, so I think I think Sugar Ray for me beats Floyd, yeah, I think so too. He could, he really could, he has like he knows how to shift the gears. And uh, he knows how to like change, improvise when needed. Like you know, that's why you need to have that IQ. You know, look what happened with oh. um, with him after he lost to Duran the first time, came yeah. back and just made a mockery of Duran in the no mass fight, and then no mass, yeah, no mass, the famous no mass fight, exactly, oh. exactly. So you know, again, to, to again, you know, you lost your you lost that fight to Duran, so all that pressure's on you. And I mean, I you know, you know, I fought with pressure, nothing like that. Um, so you just think the eyes are on you, the whole world is on you. You know that you've lost to to to, to Durant, and they go, "Yep, yeah, let's do it again." You know, so um, yeah, I just I just I just think he was the uh, he was the, uh, the 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 full package. I think he was uh, he was the man. He was the man. Really was, and you know, speaking of which, because you said you love Nigel Ben was a hero to you. You know, you've met mm. some big names yourself. Um, what was the one? What was the one where the saying goes, "Don't ever meet your heroes because you'll be disappointed." Is there? Have you ever experienced that with like some big names? Yeah, I'm gonna say a big name now. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry, man. Lennox Lewis. Oh. Yeah, and I know David's really good friends with him, so I'm probably gonna get shut down. But you know, it's your own experience. But I was at a party one night with uh, with David, and he came in. He was a bit rude to me. I felt. Should never have met you, man, because I, I followed you around to, to to different countries. I'd sat up paying for your goddamn fights. I was and it was a little rude. I was like, oh. and I and I actually said he he was a little rude. And I actually said, well, all right, okay, there's no to be rude. He went, oh, look, listen, little man. Sorry, I was like, little man, and I was like, okay, and um, he got and he, he said something, and I was like, oh, gutted, disappointed now. Really disappointed. So um, yeah, that was uh, the one I shouldn't have met. <laughs> it happens, and I'm probably I'm I'm sure he's probably a very nice guy. Well, do not shoot me down. He's probably having a bad day. Yeah, he's probably a very nice guy, and he's probably you know he's adored and loved by everyone. I just happened to maybe get the shit end of the stick. Maybe just had a bad day, and yeah, um, so I was a bit gutted about that. But that's the thing now. Now that that. Now that that's happened, I can't now unsee that or un you know forget uh, forget that now. So I'm like, oh, so every time he comes on TV, I'm like, ah, motherfucker's rude to me. So <laughs> yeah, I'm a bit like that now. But you can't take away what he did. You can't you know you can't you know disrespect what he achieved. No, 
Um, and like I said, it's probably uh, it's probably uh, just having an off day. Yeah, that's the thing because like you know these guys they get so much they 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 have so much they're in a different world compared to us regular like regular joes like you know for example yeah. i have like i'm friends with like some guys that are pro fighters and i asked and like you know and i kind of realized like they're different from they're different from from us like you know they they do these interviews they have to live a different life and i realized you know yeah. sometimes like when i respond like one of my friends like one of them is like a bellator guy that i'm friends with and sometimes like he just doesn't respond and i'm like i'm like no he's not being it he's not being he's not being rude mm. just like you know what he's probably had a hard training probably got a lot of pressure on him and you got to realize too like maybe i just caught him on the bad day so as you said yeah exactly and i, and I think and, you know and that's why i can't really hold it against him too badly because i've seen david where he's again tired you know ratty and feel hungry and you know he's got the pressure of the world on him he's, he's probably had about 20 interviews that day and then someone he's eating something you know i've seen him eating something. and someone will literally he's like go out someone's actually like grabbing his hand to go can i have an autograph he's like i'm eating you know and so that that could be perceived as a bad experience for that person. But mm. I've been on the other side where I've been with him all day. I've seen the shit that he's had to take and do and time. Right? He just sat down to eat and someone's like, yeah, all right. So, you see, and then that person might be saying, well, I'm saying, ah, oh, yeah, I had a bad experience with David Edwards, but it, I get it. I get it. So that's why with the Lewis Lewis thing, I'm a bit, like, oh, a bit disappointed, but, you have to sit there and go. He might have got asked for five hundred autographs that day on pictures, um, you know. And then, and then I've sort of, I was ah, oh, you know, can I get a picture? Jeez, yes, Lance Lewis. No, yeah. And you think to yourself, um, yeah, he just probably had a bad day. Bad yeah. day. Enough. Where does Lennox Lewis rank for you in the heavyweight greats? Because a lot of people seem to have never been a fan of him, but there's some that are like who really appreciate boxing. And why do you think people just? were never came to like Lewis. Do you think it's because he's the one that beat Tyson that everybody loved or I think with with Lennox Lewis, uh when when you say when you say that a lot of people don't like him, are you talking in people in general? Or are you talking about Mer Americans or English? I think the, a bit of both. I, I think Americans. I say Americans. The reason why I say that is because he represented Canada. Mm -hmm. So he was he was he's I think he was, he was uh yeah so he was born there. He, he you know, then he was fighting for Britain years later, you know, representing flying our flag. Um, and I think there's some people like, you know, he went and fought for Canada. He's now here and people here, like uh, people in Canada, are like, now he's there. He was fighting for us. So I think there's, there's that, there's a bit of beef with that. I think people just need to get over themselves. Um, you know, it's, it's what it is. I mean, David wore a Jamaican flag at one point. Does, you know, does that, who does that offend? And a Turkish flag because Adam Booth was Turkish. So, we, you know, we, at one point I had a Mauritian flag on my gi because I wanted to, uh, you know, uh, represent my dad's country just to just to pay a bit of respect to to work my you know my heritage and background. Um, so I just think people get a little bit funny of that. But in terms of Lennox Lewis, but oh man, you can't take away from him. He was up there, man. He was up there. So was he? You know, he he done it all, undisputed heavyweight champion. You know, um, and the manner in which he did it. I, I think that the Emmanuel Stewart and him, they created a style with, behind that jab where he's just, it was hard to penetrate his, his defence, you know, that jab. Um, some respects, it, it kind of nullified a lot of the fighters because he was just jabbing their head off. You know, uh, like David Chua, when he fought David Chua, it was like a, another Mike Tyson, just banging everyone out. He just nullified David Chua a little bit. You know, for Tali Klitschko, let's not forget, 
although he was losing on the scorecards, uh, and it was Lewis's last fight, Lewis put something like 80 stitches in a man's face had to, had to have the fight stopped. So he was, uh, it was the real deal. And, and, you know, he, um, he, he, uh, he did, he done it all, fought them all, did it all. I think it would have been interesting to see him fight Mike Tyson, 89 Mike Tyson, mm -hmm. rather than 2002 Mike Tyson. So that's when they fought, 2002. So it would have been interesting seeing him fight 1989 Mike Tyson. But then was Lewis, Lewis at 1989? You know, it, it's, it, it's a timing thing. It's a timing thing. Again, we've just mentioned David Hay. Would David Hay bang out Tony Bellew in 2009? Yeah, absolutely. Destroy Tony Bellew in 2009. Could David Hay destroy Tony Bellew in 2017? No. Uh, or, or not so much. 2017, that's a little bit um, harsh because he snapped his Achilles. But 2018, no, he couldn't. And I think it's just a, a timing thing. Age, the wear on the body, the wear and tear on the body. You know, he, you know it's, and I think Tony Bellew wasn't the Tony Bellew in 2009, but then David Hay wasn't the David Hay in 2018. So... It's a it's a it's a timing thing, but so with the with the Tyson thing and the and the um, the Lewis thing, I think Ty, I think Lewis just to have him on his resume, to have him on his CV, you know, he was he was relevant around his time. So to have Mike Tyson on your on your um, you know curriculum vitae is 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 definitely the thing to have. Um, but it wasn't. The, listen, you saw that fight, didn't you? It wasn't the Tyson that he was back in the day. Yeah, Lennox famously said that, like, he goes, like, I wish I got the 89 Tyson because he goes, I don't, because that Tyson was the one that had, like, the lawsuits, been in jail, you know, all the distractions. He was with the Don King at the time, the Don King Mike Tyson. Robin Givens fucked him over, left, right, and center as well, the actress. So he had all that shit, you know, the Ben Sway Washington Mike thing and all that. And I think it just spiraled out of control. I think, I think that, um, you know, if you listen to the stories, read and, and and look at it all, I think Don King was the perfect catalyst for his for for him to 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 get himself into the place that he did. He he was happy to just let him do it and and help him do it type thing, um, and put the people around him that was gonna let him do that as all well. All enablers, all enablers. That's where Customato yeah. was worried about. Like yeah, and you know, if look when Cus had him, Customato had, had him, and 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 and. Uh, and he was that tight, that Tyson. Even for for a year or two after he died, he was still on. He was still there doing it. And then he got. I mean, I've heard a story. I don't know if it's true. I mean, I have a story. When he when he fought, um, oh, who did he lose to? Uh, Buster Douglas. Buster Douglas in Tokyo. I heard he was out like partying till like four or five in the morning the night before. That's the. I don't know whether I don't know whether there's any truth in that whatsoever. But that's the story that I heard that he was out like in a party. In Tokyo, like giving it large before his fight. Do you remember that 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 infamous interview where he looked like a sedated tiger and with Robin Givens and Barbara Walters and Barbara's like asking Mike like, yes. and yes. it's like it's like it's like yes. this. It's like you guys. It's like he looked like he was in some comatose from sedation. Mm. It's I don't know what like they need. It was really hard to watch that interview. It was it was, it was awkward as well, wasn't it? Yeah. It's as though someone just said, "Look, just don't say a word." Um, and 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 Robin Gibbons was just spouting on, and you just think, "Oh man, just no, yeah, it's not." Um, 
it's not it's not not wasn't a good look. I think yeah, I mean I think that Tyson then he would have given anyone in any era. I mean, you know, people go on about I've got a, a picture in the gym. It's a, it's just a fake picture, obviously. Same one that uh, Dino from Fish Street's got as well. That what would have happened? It's Mike Tyson versus Ali. Yeah, you sit there and you think that would be interesting. It would have been an interesting fight. People go, oh no, Ali would have beaten him. You, you, you can't say that. You can't say that he would have just smashed up, banged him out. I mean, Ali, you know, he, yeah, he did beat Fraser, but he, you know, he also lost to Fraser. So, he, and and Tyson was small and got underneath and powerful and. Yeah, it would have been very interesting. It would have been an interesting fight. And I think that Tyson, Tyson was a throwback fighter. Tyson was old school. He used to watch the videos. He, used to, he, used to, he was a real disciple and, and student of the art. And he used to sit and watch Dempsey and, you know, all those old fighters, Jack Johnson, Dempsey, um, Tunney. He used to watch all of the old, old, old fighters um, and try to emulate those fighters. And that's why he used to come out in the black boots with the no socks and things like that like the old school fighters. And he was a, he was a throwback of the, of the you know, sort of the 1920s, 30s, 40s type fighter. Um, and I think he would have given everyone, everyone in the heavyweight division. If you get a night, what would be really interesting now is to have Bill and Ted's phone box and to go back, I'm chatting absolute shit now. I've got through that one. Is to go back to 1989, get him, go right, and just go, right, we're going to go there, we're going to fight, the 1975 Muhammad Ali. We're going to go and fight the 19, the 2000, the 1995 Lennox Lewis. We're going to go fight and just see how, just as a boxing fan, it just be interesting to see how he would have pitted himself against every single fight. And I, th- I think that Tyson would have, he would have done the number on a lot of them. I think. Yeah. Yeah, it's very, very true. It's interesting. And then you have now like Tyson Fury, you have the Canelos. How do you how do you feel about uh, the state of British boxing with uh, having the heavyweight champion Tyson Fury? Like where does he, where does, how do Brits feel about him, honestly? Everyone loves him. Everyone loves him. Um, and I do. Um, you know, here's a bold statement. He's going to go down as one of the greatest. You know, next to Ali. You know, he's, he's, he's uh, won it all. Mm-hmm. He's backed up his statements and won it all. Um, he's been a little bit vulnerable at times, as did Ali when he, you know, got his jaw broken in the mm-hmm. fight, got dropped, lost. He's been that guy, but he's equally got up and carried on and won the fight. Um, he's managed to back up his statements. So there's there's the first thing. Um, you know, as far as English, you know, English fighters concerned and you know, representing Great Britain, you know, he's done it. He's done that. That's the second thing. Um he he then obviously once he won he it was well documented about the struggles that he had mentally you know and his, his mental health and things like that and i think he allowed the world to see him where he was at his lowest and and how he then came back and turned his life around and then and and then won it all again and i think you know, he's an advocate and, uh, you know, he, he really does represent, you know, mental health. Um, you know, he's a, a strong campaigner with the mental health side of things. And I think he's just, uh, all right, you know, like all boxers, they say and do things that are always not the right things to say and do. But again, the ones of yesteryear did it, you know, Ali and people. Um, some would say that what Ali did when he, when he uh, refused um, to be drafted into the army to fight in Vietnam, uh, you know, and the stuff when he was 
you know, uh, you know, a, a big advocate for 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 Malcolm X and that people would look down upon that. So these boxers do think and say things that not everyone's going to be happy with, but it's their own path, it's their own life, and they have got to do what they want to do. I think that they, they they get a lot of stick they, as soon as they say something, they get a lot of stick. But Tyson Fury, I said to my dad a long time ago, Tyson Fury will come back and win it all. He has, he has come back and won it all. Um, He's getting a lot of stick now. He's getting a lot of a lot of shit now for not fighting Usyk. But what people, what I, I've been, I've been on the inside, so to speak, and I've seen these guys put on, you know, put their life on hold, put their life on the line. You know, they're putting their lives. You know, fans. Some fans don't. If they've never fought, they don't appreciate this. They're putting their life in danger for our entertainment. And um, you know, they equally have a shelf life as well. So Tyson Fury is calling the shots, um, or it has been uh, suggested that Tyson Fury is calling the shots and he wants a 70-30 split purse. And this is why the negotiations are broke down. This is why the fight is off. I don't know whether that's true. I don't care. None of my business. But I, I just think to myself, whilst they're in that life and they're doing that, why wouldn't you try to get as much as you can out of it? And, you know, because once it's done, it's done. But equally, people are saying, oh, yeah, but Usyk holds all the belts. Fury's the personality. Fury, yes, I, from a sanctioning point of view, from a from a business point of view, yes, Usyk has all the belts. Yes, Fury, you should just fight and beat him, and then they do a rematch if you want to do that. But you know, if he's going to try his luck and try and get all that, all that, all those, all that money, then why, why not? Why not? And good luck to him. And good luck to him. So I do think he beats Usyk. Though. I think he beats Usyk. And people are saying he's scared. He's not scared. This is this is a, this is a guy. This is a, this is a, a traveller. Um, this is a guy from the gypsy community. Um, and I don't know if you know much about the, the, the traveling community. Uh, and, uh, not educated. Guys, it's not educated me on that. Okay. So, so, so uh, he, these guys fight. They're just, they just fight. They, you know, they fight on sites and things like that. And they just, you know, they, they just, they just embrace fighting. Um, and they love fighting. Um, and you know, I've got a lot of travellers. You get a lot of travellers in in the amateur game as well. Um, and enjoy, a lot of people people have their views about about, about the travelling community. I love being around travellers. I get on nine times out of ten with all of the ones that are, are coming to the gym um, that have been around the boxing and stuff like that. And they, you know, they they, they love to fight. You know, uh, you know, I've, every traveller's coming to the gym so far for me. You know, everyone that's walked through the door, they can fight. Andy Lee uh, is Fury's cousin, and I work with with Andy. Um, that boy can fight. That boy can fight, and he's soaking his brother and all that. And 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 so you know he's 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 doing well for the traveling community as well. Um, and so when this bullshit comes out, ah, Fury's scared of Usyk. He's a traveler. He's a traveler. He's a traveling man. He's not scared of anyone. So these guys will fight, and girls will fight. Any time of the day, any time of the day, there'll be 10 points down, but yep, okay, let's go then if you want to go. So he's not scared. And, you know, he's, he's, he's been born and bred into that. And uh, I think he, uh, he, uh, he could, you know, he's getting on a bit now. He's getting on a bit now. And he's not been as active. Uh, you know, COVID fucked a lot of things up. But he's not, not been as active. So may, maybe maybe it's his time to bow out. I don't know. I don't know. It'd be nice for him to, to bow out on top, I think. Um, but he's, um, I think he's great and I really like him. I hope he stays for a few more years. 
and I hope he absolutely destroys Usyk. I hope he absolutely destroys AJ. And uh, I hope he retires with a big cigar in his mouth. Going like that to everyone. So, um, yeah, that would be a nice fitting, fitting, uh, fitting ending to his career. That would be an amazing ending. So now switching it up to, you know I would ask this, you have our James Bond talk because we've had our very, very, had a very, we've had, we've had very Bond, good, yeah. we've had very good Bond discussions, you know, when we chat, uh, when we're not recording uh, our podcast. Yeah. And yeah. Um, I want to ask you, like, what do you, who do you think the next Bond is going to be? Like, is, and who do you think, do you think Christopher Nolan should direct the franchise moving forward? Christopher Nolan, Christopher Nolan. Remind me again what Christopher Nolan. Dark, no Dark Knight. Dark Knight, Dark Knight. Okay, sorry. Sorry, don't shoot me down, okay. Batman fans. Um, yeah, I, I I don't know. I think I, I I'm not really. I mean, yeah, all right. Yeah, you've got to have a good director, haven't you? I mean, I think if you've got someone like Nolan who's done things like Batman and stuff like that, they're, they're going to be. They're all going to. They're all going to be good. I think the the uh, the, the bomb fran the problem with the bomb franchise, is, say the problem, the problem is you always you always compare the bomb. To the to the ones that have gone before him, you always do. Ah, oh, he's not as good as Sean Connery. Ah, oh, he's not as good as Piers Brosnan. Ah, oh, he's not as good as that one. Ah, oh, but that one did this. Ah, oh, that one did that. And I, what I liked about Daniel Craig is he just brought a total different element to Bond. You know, you had the blonde blue eyes, um, and he was just really uh, gritty when he first came came in. I think as time went on with the with with Craig, he. Um, they started to bring in Q and they started the gadgets and the jokes. But the first, the first one where he was a bit of a blunt instrument and he didn't really know whether to kill people or not. And he was pissing like him off. See, I'm a big fan of just pissing him off and just going out, killing everyone and just being a bit of a merc to everyone. Then I, I, I like, that. I kind of like that. It brought it, it, you were like, Oh, okay. This is, this is, this is new. Um, and, 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 and it changed it up when it was with the times, um, you know, uh, Daniel Craig famously said, what would you say? What would you say to the new Bond taking over? And he famously said, "Don't fuck it up," <laughs> you know. So I think he's left such an imprint now on the Bond fans. Uh, I would like to have seen him do more. To be fair, me too. Um, honestly, I really would like to have seen him do more. I'm gutted that he's that he's stopped. Um, and I thought it was a shit ending on the the the, the Bond. Uh, have you seen the last part? You've seen the last. Yeah, part, of course. I take it. Spoiler alert. Yeah, uh, shit ending. I'm not gonna say. Yeah, bad no. ending. It was a bad. Um, it could have ended better. Like, it... uh, yeah, I, I like. I like. This is mm, this is not spoiling it for the for the for the fans. But as a Bond fan, the minute I saw the Aston Martin uh, at the beginning of that of that of that film, and uh, was it uh, No Time to Die, and 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 it had We Have All the Time in the World, which is obviously paying homage to Her Majesty's Secret yes. Service, Lazenby. Straight away, I was like, my mate that I went with, I was like, and he's a massive bomb fan. I'm like, uh, her Majesty's Secret Service, fuck. You know, and I think you had the old uh, Aston Martin that Sean Connery had in Goldfinger. And then later on, you had the Aston Martin that Timothy Dalton had. In the Living in Daylights. Living Daylights. Even with the same number plate, you know, WUU. I, even that, I was like, yes. They're playing a bit. They're playing homage to, to some of the stuff that has gone before, and the you know we'll have all the time in the world. I, I, I kind of like that was quite I, cool. I loved it. Um, but I think do I have my thoughts on Shuri Bond? Have you seen Luther? Uh, no. 
I've seen the latest one on Netflix. Okay, so that's the guy watch... you think? Well, no, 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 no. So Idris Elba. But if you watch, if you watch, this is a bit of a spoiler now. Watch, watch Luther, the film Luther on on Netflix. I'm sure you guys will have it before us. But watch that. At the end of it, you're like, oh, they've done an ending where you go, hmm, is that is that a clue? Watch that. You'll be like, oh, as a Bond fan, you're like, oh shit, are they are they suggesting to watch it? Spoiler alert. Well, there, there are there are rumors that Idris might be, but then they're saying that they want to go with like an unknown Brit, like uh, uh, like Aaron Tyler Johnson, who was in Godzilla, which is kind of a weird. Aaron, so, who's the dude in uh, Bullet Train? Is that him? Uh, 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 yeah, I think so. There was him. There was, was it, the, yeah, Aiden Thompson. Was the X Men? The X Men kid. The X Men kid. He was a X Men. Something like that. There was also a, there was a guy in Agents of Shield that they wanted to bring on that apparently had like so, like some Dalton and Craig uh, energy to yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but we've got re- there's talk now of I've got to Google it because I can't remember the name of the guy. There's talks of um, hang on a guy. We've got a we've got a program here called uh, it's on Netflix as well called Happy Valley, mm-hmm. um, and there's a guy that's in that, and apparently he was muted to be Bond. And uh, hang on, Happy Valley cast. Hang on. Yeah, we're well, looking. He's just looking up something here, guys. James, like James Norton. Did you say James Norton? Uh, James, James Norton. Norton or Norton? Norton. N O R T O N. James Norton. So yeah. he starred in something here called Happy Valley, and he, as the Happy Valley season three, I think it was, was going on, the odds were going up that he might become Bond. Um, Tom Hardy's been in the running, or has been suggested. I'd like, you know, that'd be cool. Tom Hardy as Bond. I think that'd be, that'd be cool. There's also, there was also a thing um, on TV on Netflix called The Bodyguard. Yeah, I think that guy, that guy, Scottish, Richard, what's his name? Richard something. Uh, yeah, uh, it's Scottish guy. Uh, yeah. There's him. So that, he, he could, I think he was in a superhero film recently as well. He was in Game of Thrones. He played Rob Stark in Game of okay. Thrones. Okay, I'm not seeing that. Yeah, so him as well. There's, I don't know. You see, the only thing I'd seen was Daniel Craig before Bond was Layer Cake. Oh, and I saw I saw him in um, that Angelina Jolie from Tomb Raider. Yeah, he had a Tomb Raider. He's had a small part in Tomb Raider, but I saw him in Layer Cake, and I, I really liked him in Layer Cake. I thought he was really good in Layer Cake. Have you ever seen that with Sienna Miller? No, but he was in uh, Munich as well. He had a very good role in Munich. He played a yeah, very okay. difficult role too. And that's where, because I remember when they named him on my 14th birthday, everyone on the forums at the time were like, fuck this. We're not watching Bond. We want Brosnan back. But Brosnan mm. was like, 50, he was like almost, he's already 50 years old. Like he was pushing Roger Moore territory. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's a I, tragedy. I, it's a tragedy. I, I, yeah, I never liked, I never liked Brosnan. Uh, I never... As a kid growing up, when I first started watching Bond as a kid, my earliest memory of Bond was obviously I grew up in the 80s. So mm-hmm. Roger Moore was my Bond, my mm-hmm. era of Bond. Then obviously went into uh, Timothy Dalton. Um, I liked Timothy Dalton better than uh, Roger Pierce. Moore and Pierce Brosnan. Me too. So for me, it's Sean Connery, Timothy Dalton. Uh, Lazenby? Nah, um, Craig? Daniel Craig. Although George Lazenby did a good job, he did. I think he did a good job. Uh, and do you know? Do you know why? Do you actually know why he didn't do any more? Do you know why? Because there's a. I know the story. Apparently, have to do with like they offered him uh, seven more films. They they were gonna, and then his friend told him, "Don't do it. It's not a good don't deal." Do it. So his manager said, "Don't do it because you'll get typecast with Bond for the rest of your life." 
What has he done since Bond? Nothing. So, mm, you know, goddamn, you know, but I thought he did a really good job of it. Um, and he fooled the hardest people in the business. He had no acting credentials. He just well, went, do, you know what, do you know how he got his, uh, his break? Covered broccoli was having a, a haircut. Yeah. I was in a barber's. And he walked in the barber's in a suit that he'd bought like Connery. He'd gone for the same tailor as Connery and got the suit and walked in, gave it to Charlie Big Bollocks in the, in the, in the, in the, in the uh, barber's. Carby Broccoli was like, who the fuck is this guy? We need this guy's bond. And no, he basically blagged bond, got in and smashed it. Um, and actually, my claim to fame, uh, I've actually been to the revolving restaurant. It's a revolving restaurant now in Switzerland where Tele Savalis, where the, where the scene was on the, yeah. uh, on the mountain there. It's now like a bond museum and restaurant there. So it's mad, pretty mad. It's in Switzerland. But yeah, George uh, Lazenby was really good. It would have been nice to see Lazenby do some more. Do you know um, that Timothy Dalton was considered for that role? They went to him, but he said, I'm too young for Bond. Too young, too young. And also as well, so too young. And then sadly, he did Living Daylights and... A, no, have you, uh, what did he do? Living Daylights and License that, to Kill. And License to Kill. He was meant to do Goldeneye. Did you know that? Yep. And you know who the original Goldeneye cast was? This is what they said. So... So apparently Pushkin was supposed to come back. Robert Dry Davies was supposed to come back yeah. and as like uh, Pushkin in the post-Soviet Russia. Alan Rickman was supposed to be Trevelyan and Catherine Zeta-Jones oh. was supposed to be Xenia. Oh, imagine that. Alan Rickman. That would have been Shakespearean. That would have been banging that too. It was wicked. Alan Rickman. I mean, Catherine Zeta-Jones, yeah, she was hot. She, she's still hot now. Yeah. But yeah, you could see that. Um yeah. Uh, oh man. Uh, but yeah, he turned he turned it down, didn't he? Uh, he no, no. Apparently, uh, who was it? They they were in a legal battle. It was it was Eon and MGM because there yeah. was supposed to be a Bond film that came out three days after I was born on the seventeenth of November in nineteen ninety one yeah. called um, uh, Property of a Lady, and there was and uh, and do and there was supposed to take place in Asia where it was supposed to be with. Um, What's his name? Anthony Hopkins as like a mentor to Bond. Like I was going to look at like one of Bond's mentors. So yeah. then, yeah, that's what's supposed to happen. But yeah, there's a whole legal battle. It, 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 the Timothy Dalton's time was a trap was tragic. It, it was, it was. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to throw a question to you now. Yeah. This is, this is, uh, this is a quiz question. This is a quiz. Okay. And your answer will determine whether you're a big Bond fan like I am. As, okay. as big a fan than I am. Okay. Okay, so I want you to name me the Bonds starting from the very first Bond. Sean Connery, George Lazenby, Roger Moore, Timothy Dalton, Pierce Brosnan, and Daniel Craig. Has there never been another Bond? There's never been another Bond. Um, there was the casino. There was uh, the casino. Sean Connery. He was between Roger Moore. He came back. With with that with that you never say never again. Right, but what did you what were you about to say before that? Uh, I was gonna say it was it was gonna be there was a spoof of Casino Royale where they made ah, one. you are a fan. Okay, who played Bond? I think it was Peter Sellers, the late Peter Sellers. Or was it David Niven played Bond? Yeah, I can't remember whether I can't. I, I, I can't question, remember, like, but I know shit, Peter Sellers it? was one was like in that film. Yeah, Peter Sellers was in it. Is it a massive Peter Sellers fan? But I can't remember whether David Niven. Yeah, I'm sure David Niven played Niven played the retired Bond. 
Yes, because there's like different bonds. There's like retired bond. There's like yeah. So yeah. So there wasn't. There was. There were. So ah. Okay, I'm impressed, my friend. Fist bump to you, man. This, I'm impressed. I, told, I knew, I'm, yeah, I'm no. impressed. Okay. I have like okay. my favorite, but my first Bond film for me was The Living Day. I, it's weird because in 1999, like uh, my dad, like my like my parents were divorced. My mom was very strict. You know, have to follow routine. My dad was like laissez-faire, do whatever you want. You know, you got to be a kid. So my dad introduced me to Bond, and I'm. It's like my memory was. I remember watching. Goldeneye, but I also remember The Living Daylights being my first Bond film, and that's mm. where my favorite scene. I could watch it over and over again, even with my autistic brain. I have it's. This I'm gonna get you. I'm gonna get you. Sorry to bite. I'm gonna yeah. get you. I have another quick question. Yeah. Famously, one woman has sung, sung two Bond songs in the history of Bond. Who is it? Oh man, that's a that's a good one. Ah, oh, I gotta think. Okay, let me really think here. Okay, I gotta think. Let me think. Let me. So think. they get a famous person, famous singer to sing the Bond theme. One woman has famously sung two Bond themes. Who is it? Um, and I've I, met her. I was like, Oh my god! I I have a feeling it was the one from the uh. Okay, I want to say it was Diamonds Are Forever and The Man with the Golden Gun. God damn. Well, okay. It was Diamonds Are Forever, but it wasn't The Man with the Golden Gun. It was Goldfinger. Oh, wow. So the woman that sang Goldfinger is the woman that sang The Man uh, sang Diamonds, Diamonds Are, Are Forever. Forever. Who is it? I can't remember. It's like, but she's a famous singer, though. That's Shirley Bassey. That's, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing, man. Shirley Bassey, that's uh, Bassey, yeah. yeah, that was. But for me, yeah, Die, Living Daylights. Yes, taking back to Living Daylights. That was my first film, and then my favorite scene was the when they do the Afghan air bait, the Afghan raid with the Mujahideen. Mm. The cinematography yeah. for 1987. You, it, it's like mm. a film that came out from today. You're like, and there's oh, no, no music. Oh, no, 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 no. You, it, it's it's mad, mad, mad. But what? massive bomb fan. Massive. I love my bot. So, who do you think should be the next bomb then? I want to see K director. I do want to see Christopher Nolan because Christopher Nolan has said if I I've I've read the novels and my favorite Bond is Timothy Dalton and Daniel Craig because they're the truest to the novel. Yeah. I want to see my choice for James Bond is going to have to be. I would love to see it. My first choice is Idris Elba. Just you know, let's see what he can do. Okay. And I but my second choice would have to be an un. It would be the guy from Agents of Shield. I think his name is Aiden Thomas or something. Like he was a. Okay. He's in it's gotta be like an unknown guy. Like I wanna see that. Well, you say an unknown guy. Hang on, let me just um let me just Google the guy that I saw, I thought apparently, you know the scene where they do the the crossover and they turn around and they shoot yeah. they shoot. He's filmed that at Pinewood Studios, apparently. So the guy they're looking at that could possibly be Bond, I think he's gonna get it, is this guy, uh bullet train cast. So it's uh so it's a guy called Aaron Taylor Johnson. That's the one I said, yeah. Oh, is that what he's... Oh, sorry, yeah. sorry. Aaron Taylor Johnson. Yeah, so I think... I think... He's done the famous... Sorry, mate. I, I didn't know him by name. He He's done the famous... You know when the... At the beginning, when he's walking yeah. and he turns around and does it, he's filmed that at Pinewood. So he's got that far to film out. So I think he could be really good. And I, on Bullet Train, he, he was quite funny on Bullet Train. And he's like, okay, good-looking guy. Um, English. Uh, he's a little bit younger. Mm -hmm. So they've got some life in him for some films. 
why would you turn Bond down, man? Why would you turn down oh. George Lazenby? God, that. why would you turn that down? I know, Fuck. I know. If Timothy Dalton had done three more film, two more films, at least two more, where do you think he would have ranked in terms of if the if his tale didn't end so tragically? Well, he's a Shakespearean actor, isn't he, Timothy yep. Dalton? He's actually he trained is. as a Shakespearean actor, and I think that when I saw randomly, I was watching an interview with him in a when did the first Bond come out? His Bond come out eighty-seven. Uh, yeah. So I was watching something when he was there and they were asking, are oh, you, you a Shakespeare actor? What do you think? And he, he was saying that he wanted to bring a different type of bond mm-hmm. to it. And he was really trying out. He was really, he wasn't poo-pooing Roger Moore or Lazenby, but he was really trying to go back to the books. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, he, and he said that uh, I think to, to, to bring up each, each and every one of them that, that played Bond, they have to obviously interpret uh, the way they want to do it. And he said, what he did, he just studied the books and really tried to come out with some sort of idea of how how Bond should be. And uh, I really liked him, but I think if he'd done another three films, two, three films, I I personally think it would have been, and I think technology was getting better as well, yeah. wasn't it? And and cinematography and stuff. And I think maybe he would have ranked up there next to Connery. It would have been Connery and him, I think. Yeah. I think he was just a... Roger Moore would look. Listen, let, let's. Let, I used to watch Roger Moore in Saint. I used to, you know, obviously rerun to the Saint. Mm-hmm. I watched him in. Uh, is it the Persuaders? The uh, Templar, Tony, whatever it is. Yeah. Tony Curtis, the Persuaders, was it? Uh, that was quite funny. Two Playboy guys, uh, and then obviously Bond, and I, I, he was great. Some of the shit he used to do when he flipped the car, you know, uh, you're not going to do what I feel. I sure am, boy, and stuff like that. He, he was. He was quite funny, but he was. He was. It was a bit tongue in cheek. He was kind of like a bit of a wuss, wasn't he? Yeah. Some of the shit that he wore, he looked like he was going to like the jungle, like doing a safari type thing. He went, mm. <laughs> An octopus, yeah, that was. Yeah, a... yeah. I mean, it's, uh, I don't know. I'm not sure about this. It's some of the shit that he did, he did say and do. I don't know. Um, so I think Dalton would have been would have been for me. It would have been Sean Connery, Dalton, and Lazenby. If Lazenby had done a few, yeah, more. and maybe Craig, because this is how I look at it. If Timothy Dalton had done Property of a Lady and Goldeneye, which was written for him. Mm. So this is how I look at it. So 1989, there's a six-year break after License to Kill. So yeah. Property of a Lady comes out, Goldeneye comes out. That's In more 19- wine. Sorry, mate. Okay, no problem. Just point some more wine. He's had a long day, guys. You know, he's got some announcements coming soon. But yeah, um, so Woo-hoo. 1995... Pierce Brosnan comes on after the Remington Steel long-awaited. But here's the funny thing. Pierce Brosnan has the worst outing as Bond for Tomorrow Never Dies, The World Is Not Enough, and Die mm. Another Day. That Then Daniel mm. Craig revives it, and Timothy Dalton has a conversation with him and says, hey, do what I did. And then, you know, that's where Daniel Craig succeeds. So that's how I look at it if there was no contract. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I don't know. I, I just think... I really, I, I really like what they did with Bond with Craig. I really like what they did. I really fucking like what they did. And and I was, I was, I was, I was going. My dad, my dad apparently, he's my dad's a massive film fan, and uh, I think that's where I get it from. And um, he said when he was in Mauritius, he used to, he used to, he used to go and he used to cry if someone died in a film. He'd cry. He'd actually cry. And I, I remember being a kid going, "Why'd you cry if I didn't film Dad?" But I remember, you know, obviously, I'm gonna spoil alert. Obviously, the, the the ending of the last Bond, I was I was I walked out and I'm going, I really like this Bond, man. Why? Why? I really like this. Why bond. does it have to be the last one? Why? Him? Why? And I just yeah, just such such a good Bond. Um, you're always gonna. I mean, he did that. He's done that new film, isn't it? Murder mystery film. 
recently. Yeah. Uh, he's a good actor because I've seen him in other stuff and I'm like, you know, this dude has got some serious, uh, serious talent. But I love him as Bond, man. I really do love him as Bond. And I know actors are probably like, I don't want to be remembered for just one character. Uh, okay, Sean Connery, right? Mm-hmm. What other films do you like him as or in? Well, I remember him in the Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. And do you know what Spielberg and the other dude, what's his name? Harrison Ford. No, so Spielberg and who? who Lucas. Film? It was Lucas and Spielberg, wasn't it? They said um, the only person that could possibly play Indiana Jones' dad is James Bond. Yeah. Is, is Sean Connery. Okay, another question. The 1990 film or 1996 film, The Rock, with uh, Nicolas Cage. Yeah. Does Sean Connery's character resemble 007? Is it, is it 007 that's put in prison? You, you see where I'm going with that? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I remember watching The Rock and like scenes of it. They put him away. SAS. They put him away. Yeah. He's come back. He's like an old man now. He was in the Queen's SAS. He says, and he's like, I'm an old fucker. I can't swim now. Back from the rock and stuff like that. You kind of think he's playing like a James Bond character there, isn't he? Really? Yeah. He's like an old James Bond. The fuck, they can't do anything anymore except remember how to get into the uh, Alcatraz. Yeah. You know the the you hear about the story of how they got him back for Diamonds Are Forever? It's really funny. Arms off forever. Uh, oh, the 71. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, he's a bit grey. He's a bit grey. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So what Just happened... In the car in Vegas, yeah. Glad yeah, so what happened that. was, like, so Lazenby was not going to come back. Roger Moore, they were trying to get... Roger Moore was tied to another project. He's like, look, he goes, after this film, like, if you want me as Bond, I'll sign on. So Sean Connery, they brought back. And Sean was like, I'm not coming back. So Cubby Broccoli said, give him anything he wants. Whatever he asks for, give it. We need him back. Wow. We're in crisis mode. Wow. So they gave him, they paid him at the time, like the most ever. And Sean Connery said, you're going to give me the highest paid for an actor to represent this role because I'm in demand here now. Now, I, now, now I'm in demand. What was, then, I'll tell you what I don't know. Sorry to bite him. Sorry to bite him, mate. What yeah. was the time difference between playing Bond before? I don't know that. Uh, it was two years. So uh, 1969 on Her Majesty's Secret Service came out and then okay. so two years. But what about when, when Connery last played Bond before Diamonds Are Forever? When did he play Bond before that? 1967. So four years. It's a four year difference. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. And wow. he was, yeah, and he just said he he retired in 1967, and it's like it, that really like they it's like it's lucky they got Lazenby, but when they brought him back for Diamonds Are Forever, you could tell he didn't he look it wasn't his best day at the office for that one. No, like, it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't for me. For me, here's a here's a random question for you. Yeah. Uh, what can you tell me about? Um, so my favorite film, my favorite Bond film. And I actually have the songs on my phone. Um, my favorite Bond film is uh, You Only Live Twice. Okay. Um, now, randomly, when I was a little kid, my dad used to play the Bond films all the time. And I remember him playing You Only Live Twice a couple of times. And I remember watching it, and I used to love the music when he was running on the rooftop yeah. in Tokyo. Um, and, 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 you know, little Nelly, the helicopter. What randomly has a connection to that film? Kyokushin Karate, because Masoyama met with Sean Connery in that. But there's uh, also some of his students. Yes, going, ah, Tiger ah, Tanaka. Ah, ah, yeah. Ah, yeah, Tanaka's place. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, which is which is random, and I had a real connection to that film. Mm-hmm. 
And I loved that film. I remember watching that film. My dad had it on tape. He recorded it on tape. And I kept watching it, kept watching it, kept watching it. And then years later, I remember thinking, read about Oyama, giving him an honorary black belt. And I was thinking, wow. And I, that, that, was, that was the one that really, out of all, randomly, out of all the films that stood out for me, that one stood out the most with Little Nelly mm-hmm. and the way, the way he went to the sumo and the way, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the Tanaka looked after him and the, and the girls were like seeing Western guys for the first time or like massaging him and whatever else. And I was like, yeah, this is me. I love this film. Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, you know, do you know why, uh, what was the one with Kim Bassinger? Um, never Say Never Again. Do you know why it was called Never Say Never Again? It had to do with the contract rights with Kevin. What's his name? It was like the one, it, there was like a whole contract issue with, with the rights of Thunderball and... Uh, well, he, he yeah. fam- sorry, Connery famously said, would you play Bond again? Well, Never Say Never Again. So they made the film title. Oh, wow. And they didn't even put the famous gun barrel scene. They just started it. No. Like... Well, the reason why they didn't, the, the shot, right. I don't know. I'm going to comment. My mate, Ollie, is literally even more. Than us. Precise, than us. Honestly, the shit that guy knows. I'm like, I don't know. His dad, when I went into his, so Ollie's a graphic designer. Ollie did Kyokushin as well. We kind of both left with a, under a dark cloud. Okay. Another story for another time. Another bottle yeah. of wine, another story for another yeah. time. But um, Ollie is a graphic designer and a uh, good, good fighter, strong fighter. Not, 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 not like Flair or anything like that, just strong man. And he, um, he, his dad is a graphic designer as well. And his dad had, when he walked in his house, he had famous pictures on the wall of the, of the drawings of the set, sets from back in the day, in Sean Connery's time. He knew the guy that made the sets of Connery uh, for the for the bomb films and Connery was there, but um, yeah, uh, what was I gonna say? There was something I was gonna say. Fucking dark why they didn't have the the why they didn't have the the, the ah, well apparently that film isn't part of the Bond collection. Never say mm. never again. It's not part of the 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 book MGM, yeah, and that and all that shit. So that's why you don't see the typical Bond beginning and all that sort of stuff. It, it wasn't part of of that. They just wanted that. Guy, they just wanted that. They wanted Sean Connery. He was the cash cow. He was he was Bond. But the but the thing is, when you bring him back, then at that age, I mean, I thought it was really funny. They had him in like a health farm. Yeah, I remember that. That I love. That I thought was wicked. When he had that little, um, he had that uh, exercise at the beginning where he was jumping through the thing and shooting everyone. Like a bit slow, and they sent him to the health farm. I thought that that's wicked. Because they they're appreciating and they're acknowledging that he's fucking old, um, but uh, yeah, they brought him back a little bit too old, I think. There uh, was. What's your favorite gun barrel of all the Bond films? That's a tough one. That's a tough. I know. Uh, what's your which one? Make that 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 all you always remember that will always that is your favorite. Yeah, see, I'm gutted. I'm going to say this. Because I always saw Roger Moore first. Because mm-hmm. I, I was a kid in the 80s. So yeah. I remember my dad saying to me, I remember watching like, the, I, when I was a kid, I had the Lotus toy mm-hmm. that went in the water. That yeah, the spy who loved me. Yeah, I was, that was on telly the other day. See, that, that. And uh, they had loads of, they had, the other day I was getting in from work and they had loads of uh, Roger Moore films on. So you had uh, Live and Let Die. Love that. Um, so I, I think... Um, that that see that uh, he he was always the first guy with the flares seventies 
walking along and I remember I remember vividly that I think as time's gone on so that's the one I first remember mm-hmm. but I think for me the way he walks the swag is crazy it's crazy even more than Connery man it's just it's just it just looks like a weapon doesn't he, he looks like a like he looks like he can handle himself mm-hmm. and he just he's got that walk and he's turned bang so it's him okay here's a question for you favourite Bond song um uh, for me okay that's a very very tough one because it's always between a view to a kill and living daylights okay see i like all the bomb i like all the bond songs because i love a view to a kill again 80s got that proper 80s was it yeah. uh it was aha aha the song of view to a kill was it aha um simon Le bon. yeah aha um so i've i've got uh, you know i like that you know the other ones that have come come and gone but i think for me it's you only live twice yeah and um live and let die man because i'm a massive beatles fan yeah so uh so paul Paul mccartney McCartney, yeah you only you know live and let die such a tune play that all the time in the gym live and let die for me it's it's for me it's like i'm dry if i was whenever like i used to use my my like my like my parents car i'd always like on the freeway i used to like like i used to blast like a view to a kill because it's yeah. like that mid 80s like rave yeah and, yeah yeah and, yeah, and, yeah, and then aha cool. too is pretty good but um when it comes to the gun barrel though it's got to be license to kill is my fave it's so dark because license to kill was the realest you got to the novel okay Okay, okay, here's a question for you. Um, so, at the beginning of our heart, I mean, people are going to be watching this, this, be like, these two, goddamn. The beginning of our heart, uh, aha. The beginning of uh, Living Daylights, uh, he's, uh, Le Bon is on the Eiffel Tower. Yeah. And he says something. What does he say before the song kicks off? Uh, no, that's in the View to a Kill, right? Sorry, View to a Kill, View to a Kill, sorry. Um, I can't remember, but it was in, like, it wasn't the Eiffel Tower, it was in. Um, they were in like the snow base in in Siberia. Remember, there was like the no, 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 no. The vi- no, the video of. Mm. Hang on, I'm getting confused here. Some Aha, some yeah. Lebon sung. The Living Daylight. Yeah, that's Timothy Dalton's film. Yeah. But yes, right at the beginning of that video of that of that. What does Simon Lebon say on the Eiffel? Was it the Eiffel? It is the Eiffel Tower. It is the Eiffel Tower. What does he say? I don't remember. I can't remember. It says Bon, Simon yeah. Le Bon. Simon. Okay. Okay. And then the song kicks off. Ah. Ah. There we go. But yeah. No. But uh, living. Yeah. But License to Kill is my favorite because Robert Davi, who played Sanchez, darkest mm. villain of all time. Like, like, like the there was the and especially how they he killed Bond kills him with the lighter at the end. That was just savage. Where he's like, you could have yeah, had yeah, everything. Yeah. And then Bond goes, don't you want to know why? And he has that lighter that Felix gave him, and it's so poetic. How he just lights Sanchez on fire. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was my favorite. Okay. Question for it. Oh, I've come out of random questions now for about Bond. Um, so in uh, what is the one? What is the one with Zorin? Um, that's a view to a kill. That's Christopher view to Walken. A kill. Okay. So what Kyokushin connection has view to a kill got? Dolph Lundgren has in a cameo appearance as a security guard. How owner. does Dolph Lundgren get in that film? Because he was friends with Grace Jones, but he was fucking Grace Jones. He, he was ah. he was a friend with benefits with her. Yeah, he had a he had yes. a fling with her. Yes, and how did Grace Jones get to know about Dolph Lundgren? Because 
I, it has to do with him coming to the U.S. on a scholarship, and there, she was a model in the U.S. I think, right? Apparently, I, I have, apparently, yeah. she she saw uh, so legend has it she saw him fight and wanted him to do her security, then brought him over to America. She was the one that introduced him to uh, to Stallone for the wow, for Rocky, Rocky Four. Rocky Four. She said, "I've got I know this guy that's wanting a guy to play Russian." So she was in there. So yeah, not a lot of people know that he was only a small part. Then he was at like the race course. He was at the I race course where where um, Grace Jones like picks up like one of Gogol's men, yeah, and then yeah. Gogol's like, "Just remember that like who made you?" And then Zor, and then okay. you see Dolph. I've got another. I've got another question for you, and okay. I know you're not going to get this now. Okay. So in the film, people are going to be watching this and be like. Let's switch this shit off. Um, <laughs> I don't want to listen to Bond. Fuck them. Who cares? I don't care. Fuck them. Fuck them. Right. So in the film, you only live twice. Yeah. There is someone's famous granddad that starts it stars in that film. That is one of the biggest grossing action actors today. Who is it? Oh one man! One of you guys. One of you guys. One of you guys. Um, one of Americans. Is it? Is it? Who the, would you, who would you say is your big? Who would you say is your biggest action star now today? Uh, biggest action star. What the fuck? There's so many. I'll give, you, I'll give you a clue. Jason Statham. I could say. No, no, American. American. Got a, hair, got a haircut like me. Tom Cruise. Got a haircut like me. Pardon? He's got a haircut like me. The Rock. His dad was the sumo wrestler. The the Rock's granddad. Yeah. Do you know when? Do you know when uh, Connery? You know when Connery, um, he goes to visit the guy that's talking to him. that gets hit with a yes. thing in the neck. Yes, yes. The guy's name is he Charles. Hen- the actor's Charles Henderson, but he played yeah, like yeah. A, an expat. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So then Connery goes into the car, pretending he's got a stomachache with a mask on. I think just on the back of the car. There's a sumo guy. And then he, t- he carries on his shoulder and they have a massive fight with a sofa. That's The Rock Johnson's granddad. That's crazy. Wow. It's crazy how history, like, it's, it's, that's, that's amazing. That's... You know I'm going to Google that now, just in case I'm wrong. So, no, yeah. it, it, it is his granddad. It is his granddad. Wait, hang on. That's, that's the nuts. Rock. The Rock. Granddad. Yeah, The Rock's granddad. I just put The Rock's granddad. It comes up. The Rock's granddad in James Bond. So I'll go... In an interview with L.A. Boy, uh, The Rock revealed a nice factoid of his family, specifically his grandfather. The owner of Hollywood uh, revealed uh, the owner of the Hollywood revealed grandfather Peter Mavia played the role of a villain in 1967's "You Only Live Twice," which features Sean Connery. So, yeah, that can you see? I can see a bit, but I believe no. If you Google it, I mean, it's there. That yeah, that's him. That's Boom. him. I remember him. it. Yeah, I remember him. That guy with a big with a big sofa. When he got picked up the sofa and rammed it into Sean Connery. Yeah. That's the Rock's granddad. You heard it first on here. Boom. So if you didn't know that, you know it now. Exactly. So we've but, done yeah. enough. Yeah, moving on from the James Bond talk because we fuck we could go on for hours with that. Yeah, man. So what's the what's the next? Yeah, exactly. You know, let's uh, let's keep it on here for just a bit more. So yeah, Piers Brosnan. Where do you think? Pierce Brosnan failed where like, cause some people adore Pierce, but people like um, me and you, I like Pierce, but I just feel it was, it was the timing was off for him. Uh, yeah. I, uh, 
Piers Brosnan. Um, I just think, okay, I, let's, let, let me let me let me talk uh, personally about Piers. I just think Piers Brosnan was a. Like they tried to do that whole Roger Moore thing, I think. It's a bit, very, very reminiscent of Roger Moore with a tongue in cheek. He just didn't look, oh, I don't know, he, did, he just didn't look like he could handle himself either. He just didn't look, didn't look bonded. You know, you say that, but then you think Tom, Timothy Dalton, he didn't look like he could handle himself. But I, I think, yeah, I, I just didn't like him. I just didn't gel with him as an actor as Bond. Mm. I, I watched them because I like Bond and you get in, you get into it, don't you? But, I, I never really sat there and went, oh, I could watch that again. I'd definitely watch that again. Like Quake's films, I'd just watch them over and over again. But, you know, if I see it, I come in, Sky falls on or, or you know, Time to Die, whatever, I'll watch it again. But if one of his is on, I'm like, mm, maybe I won't watch that. Yeah. Um, I think, uh, did you ever see the scene when they did the, uh, what was the one where he went uh, He went to the dude's ice, the ice. Die thing. Another Day. Die another day with the dude with these diamonds in his face yeah, and Berry. Yeah. Uh yeah. Like when he had to when he literally drove the car off and he's like, like got the parasail, whatever it is, yeah. What the fuck? Did you have, I mean that was terrible. That was that was, terrible. that was worse than Roger Moore in a view to a kill. I'm sorry. Oh, like... Yeah, it was bad. And you think, damn, really? This is this is really bad. Um I don't know, I just I just I just didn't I just didn't like him as Bond. Um, why do I think people don't like him as Bond? Uh, is that the question you asked me? Yeah, it, really it's very divided. It's very divided. Like, how do English people feel about Pierce? Because it seems like North Americans really liked him, but it seems like I don't know what the what were the what's the British I, I attitude? Really, I never really asked the question. I mean, my friend's a big Bond fan, like I said, and uh, he never he he's a bit up in the air about him. He's a bit up and down with him. Uh, I don't know. It just didn't get the juices flowing. It, mm. it, I don't know. It, it, no, I, I don't. I, I haven't asked too many people what they think of him. I just know I personally didn't really, yeah. didn't really gel to him. Um, so when, put it this way: when Craig went, uh, I was too young. When Roger Moore, when Roger Moore went and and uh, Dalton came in, it didn't. It wasn't really having an effect on my life. I wasn't a film uh, buff as I am now. Yeah. When Pierce Brosnan came in. I remember him coming in early night, early nineties. I was like, oh, whatever. When he went, I wasn't really bothered. When Craig went, oh, I was gutted. I was yeah. absolutely gutted. I was like, mate, why, why? Um, so yeah, for me, he didn't really have the impact uh, on the Bond franchise as as as, as Craig. For me, yeah. I think a few people think that as well. Yeah. You know what's crazy too? Like, you know, like how like the in the public eye, like you look at them in interviews, like Connery carries himself well. Roger Moore was meant for the camera. Timothy Dalton is like the very shy. He's he's got like Sammy, I love you, but like I feel like like I'm talking about Sammy and Timothy Dalton have a lot in common. You know why? They don't like being on camera. Like you see yeah, Dalton. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Dal yeah, Dalton's a bit shy. Yeah, yeah. He's a bit, he, yeah, he's a bit. likes to live very quietly. Yeah. Sammy, and that's a compliment. I'm saying you're like the Timothy Dalton of yeah. Of, yeah, so yeah. Sammy's gonna watch we them like be like, Dalton. yeah, yeah. We like Timothy Dalton, and you know, then you look at Daniel Craig. Daniel Craig loved giving interviews, but then after the press just got stupid with their questions, where they were like, like they're asking him like stuff where he must have been like, "What the fuck are you asking me this for?" So, yeah, I just I, I think we really did we really did get into to Craig as well. Like we had the 2012 Olympics, mm -hmm. 
And there's a famous scene where Daniel Craig turns up at Buckingham Palace. I don't know if you saw it. I saw that. I remember. The Queen. And he's like, <clears throat> she goes, oh, 007. And then they, and they walk out and you think, yeah, you see, everyone just loves him as Bond. Everyone just, that's our Bond. Daniel Craig is our Bond. And I just think, I, I, I think, I'm going to throw a statement out here now. I think that Daniel Craig is the closest to Sean Connery. Mm-hmm. Um, that I think if you put all, I've said it before, if you put all the Bonds in one room, Connery and Craig will be walking out smoking cigars. All the, the rest will be dead. Yeah. They would have just they would have just filled them all in. They'd be dead. Exactly. So yeah, now Darren, what are you planning to do now? Like with uh, now that COVID's done, the endemic is here. We moved on, everything's open. Yay! What's do what's yeah. going on now with your boxing and karate? Um, so I am really busy with the boxing. Yeah. I mean it's 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 taking over. Uh I've got an amateur team, mm-hmm. a lot of kids fighting in the amateur team and stuff. Um and we're just about to start taking on pros again. Uh, it kind of went quiet around, the, obviously, COVID and all that crap. Um, and and then coming back, it's been a bit of a slow pres- process building it all up. Um, I had a bit of a change around at the gym. Uh, my business partner at the time, who's a very good friend of mine, still is a very good friend of mine, he set up a plumbing business and that's just gone through the roof. So he stepped back as a, as a business partner. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's been a bit of a struggle, you know, running the gym with all the fires with everything you know the day-to-day run of it and all that sort of stuff so um that's taken up a lot of my time and you know i put a gear on for the first time last year thanks to simeon um and and darren and you know thanks to bernard kite joe bernard creighton firstly and then to get me back in the dojo, it was Darren and Simeon that, that got me in the dojo last year. And they, they gave me the buzz back when I was when I went training with them. Um, and I think, uh, you know, I was like, right, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, I'm going to do this. And I think I, I, I wanted to set a few things up, maybe come back and have a tournament and mm-hmm. things. What I didn't appreciate was the magnitude of the job ahead and the task ahead with the gym that I was running or I am running. And what I've come to realize is it's, 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 it's full time. Um, it's kind of, you know, with now 2023, a year later, COVID is a thing of the past, that's good. Um, and and uh, I have a new business partner. We're just about to change into another uh, gym name and go down a different route. Still doing boxing, still doing my tie boxing, still doing the stuff that we're doing. Um, but it's changing. I mean, like, you know, I said to you earlier, you know, how the gyms have been renovated as we speak now. It's actually guys are in there half past 12, one o'clock in the morning. They're there now working. Um, so, so things are changing in that respect. As far as karate is concerned with me, obviously, like I said, last time we spoke, I'm with Jutsu Kai, mm-hmm. um, which is Kaicho Bernard Cretan style. For anyone that doesn't know who Kaicho Bernard Cretan or Bernard Cretan is, very big thing back in the 70s, 80s, uh, or late 70s, with BKK was the BKK knockdown Great Britain coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, went to the J- Japanese '79 World Tournament and placed sixth, I think. Howard Collins placed fifth or fourth, fifth. He played sixth, placed sixth. Now that's a big thing back in the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, big, big gun, big gun. Uh, left, left, uh, left the BKK. As he says, his exact words where his star was rising. Didn't really like the way the uh, the route was going with the BKK. Left, 
and start his own thing up. Kyokushin with a different badge, but then it had his slant on it as well. I then came through the ranks, did that, ended up going back to Kyokushin. He immigrated to, uh, to, to Denmark, and that's my story with him. Uh, gone back home, gone back to, to, to Bernard Quinn after I left the BKK. Um, on, uh, yeah, I had to step down from the BKK and leave the BKK. Uh, I realised that wasn't going to be my place to stay anymore. So uh, that's another story for another time. So uh, left left the BKK, went back to him, and 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 it's been up and down. I mean, in terms of me setting up karate, in terms of me doing karate, as I've said to him, I had all these plans with trying to set up dojos. Da, 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 da. But I'm, what I'm realizing is these fighters that I've got, these boxers, they need me, and it's taken up every day of every day of the week. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm struggling to see my own family because it's it's literally full on. If I'm not working in the gym, I'm at shows. If I'm not there, I'm training them. If I'm not there, I'm doing their paperwork. It's just full on or matching them. Um, so, but karate is on the agenda. Um, and I think I started doing some training with Darren Stringer. She and Darren Stringer. And then uh, obviously the BKK and the B- the BKK split. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously there was a political move going on things happen there's a split and now the bkg has uh has been born mm-hmm. and uh and and obviously you've got the guys running the bkg oh, hold that thought right there i just got to fix something because uh my uh yeah just give me one second hold that train sure, of thought okay go for it go, go for it man I'm back. Just had to turn on my lights because it's getting dark. No worries, I forgot man. to turn on my lights no like worries, 11. No See what happens when I get engaged with you? Because like we have that I know, chemistry. I know. I got this. Yeah. It's, uh, in dealing quality, it just keep going on and it suck you in. Um, yeah. So, uh, so the BKG was born and formed and it's made up of the people that I really fucking do respect and, and get on with. And, mm-hmm. you know, you've got someone in there, Noddy. Mm-hmm. Graham Morden, uh, he is godfather and his wife and mother to my son. Um, he's the one who took me to world level, with, along with Felix Tamaza, who's part of the BKG as well. And I think as time's gone on, there's a lot of water that's now crossed under the bridges that may have been slightly, slightly disrupted with some of the shit that went down in the past with things. And, you know, like any, any organisation, there's always friction uh at some in some degree um with with hierarchy or with 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 people within an association within a uh, within a uh, organization and unfortunately i found myself without i'm not going into any detail or not mentioning any names or slagging anyone off but i found myself on the receiving end of a lot of friction a lot of uh a lot of uh uh, unnecessary um, just a lot of shit and um, you know things happened the way they did BKG formed and I, I found myself in and around those guys again and they had a ball this year for instance and I went to the ball with my wife and it was as though I'd stepped back in time it was as though I was with the people that I'd grown up with some so to speak um, that I had 
bled with, trained with, sweated with, gone around the world with, and I was like, you know, this is this is cool. Anyway, uh, time's gone on, and again, I'm like fast forward, like front foot in in the gym with the boxing, and then I asked Kaito Creighton if if uh, if he might. Darren Darren asked me if I if I if I wanted to compete for his dojo in Kata and Clicker. And uh, do, you, do, you, do, you, do you guys do Clicker? I'm sure you do Clicker, which is the semi-contact mm-hmm. stuff. And they have little thin clickers and they pay point score. Um, he, he, Darren and I are very good at Clicker. Um, he asked me if I wanted to compete. And I was like, yeah, you know what? I wouldn't mind doing that. And it's been on my mind to fight. I was going to fight again in Japan this year. and like, But work's just got in the way. And, and family stuff. And um, so I asked, Kaito Creighton, if he would, would he object if I have a dual license with the BKG and I then, I am with the, with Jutsu Kai and I'm with the BKG. Amazing. And he said, no. He said, no. He said, look, and I was like, oh, I thought, I thought, shit, I'm going to ask a question now. I mean, he'll, he'll listen to this. And so I hope he, he hears, the, you know, I, I thought he might say, no, you're with us. But he actually turned around and said, it's how karate should be. It's how karate was always meant to be as one. And everyone should be brothers, sisters, and everyone should get on and everyone should be one. And I was like, wow. And if, if there's any reason to stay with Bernard Creighton, with Kaicho Creighton, you know, it's that, you know, that, 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 you know, he's like, no, 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 you must, you must go out. You must do that. Um, and so, yeah, I'm now affiliated to the VKG as well. Uh, I'm yet to train at Shean Darren's dojo, but I've got to train at a dojo. Um, and yet there's, there's, there's hopefully some new horizons. What I'm finding now at 45 years old, and I'm sure a lot of karateka that will be listening to this will, will, will say the same thing. When I was 20 and I had to just get up in the morning and shower and not think of anything else other than to go to work to earn a bit of money to go training, it was really easy to, to, to compete and it was really easy just to go to the dojo. Now at 45, as a business owner, as a dad, as a husband, um, you know, as a brother, a son, an uncle, it's very hard now to be as selfish as I was at 20 years old, 25 years old. And so there's a lot more things now that get in the way. And you kind of, you have, every morning I get up and think, yeah, I'm going to come back and every night I'm retiring again. The other thing as well I'm finding is, uh, and I'm not afraid to say, you know, I've had a lot of knockdown fights, as as a lot of people have if they've, they've, they've done 10, 15 years. You know, you have a lot of tournaments and stuff. And my body isn't the body it used to be. Um, so in the morning I get up and I get up in the morning and it's like, well, what's, what's going to hurt today? Um, and I find... Uh, you know, things really, I, I really do struggle with my body and, uh, and the way I, the way I smashed it to pieces training. Um, so the journey of karate has not stopped whatsoever. In fact, it's only just beginning really. It's like the next phase. And I'd like to think now at 45 years old, I'm in a place now where I kind of got my cake and eat and I'm eating it because I'm with Bernard Creighton and Jutsu Kai and I'm with, Darren Stringer, he's my Xi'an, 
She's great, really. Uh, Dara's swinging my, you know, he's my Sheehan. My mate is my Sheehan. <laughs> and, and, and I'm with the BKG. I think, like I said to, to, to Bernard, that being there can open doors for Jitsu Kai as well. Because I can say, look, can we get some of these guys in? And, and I'm sure they'll be happy to do that and welcome people in, which they have been. They've invited them to training and stuff. Um, and yeah, there's, there's, there's some fun times ahead, I think. Um, so, you know, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. That's amazing. And we're going to conclude here because you are going to come back. We got so much more planned. This is just this is just the be- the beginning. It's always to be continued with whether it's Darren Stringer or you, Darren Chan. You know, man, I'm so glad you could come on. I love the fact that I'm, I'm 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 on this just just drinking wine. Um, I'm, I'm I'm this is this is real Kyokushin. Drinking wine, eating Maltesers. That's just quite bad, really. It's not it's not really <laughs> not a good image. Has anyone has anyone gone on here and been sipping wine while they're talking to you? Um, I had one person that said that was drinking water, but like that's because they were like done with the training. But I don't really nah. care. I want my guests to be comfortable. Like it's not a. I don't yeah, really care. Like, well, it's, I know this. Uh, I know this is a podcast, and we're, we're doing this. But it's, I'm not just saying this. I'm just it's like I'm chatting to a mate. It's not like it doesn't feel like you're interviewing me. If that no. makes sense, we're just having a chat. Just having a chat. Can you imagine when you come over it? We're never going to shut up. When you come I over know. It. It's it's going to be insane because I'm coming next year. So just to let you know, UK, yeah. the Drew Spirience is coming to the UK next year. Wow. It's in the plans. I'm making it official. I'm, I got my mind is right. My health is getting better mentally and physically. I am coming to the UK. I'm gonna and meet- he's going to be training with David Pitfall and Emma Martwell. <laughs> Darren. <laughs> yeah, I'll meet them, whatever. You it's know funny. I had to say something. Come on. <laughs> You know I had to. You have to cut that out. Yeah, I will. Don't worry. Don't worry. <laughs> Sorry, man. Sorry. <laughs> but yeah, no. But uh, yeah, no. Um, it's uh, no, they're cool. I love everybody. It's cool. I don't give a shit. Oh, I know. I know. I I love everyone too. <laughs> but yeah, no. Everyone's cool and um and you know I'm coming down to the UK. I can't wait. It's gonna be fun and I can't wait. Where, to when you come? When you coming? When you coming? Uh, plan is gonna be summer. That's because then I because next year I get four weeks of vacation from my job. And uh, and yeah, and that's how it is, we'll man. Some, we'll set some things up for you, man. We'll we'll take you we'll take you out. Do you know what, do you know what a brass house is? What's a brass house? <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sorry, man. This is gonna make this is gonna make this really unprofessional. I'm sorry. You might have to cut this out. Just Google English brass house. Okay. All right. <laughs> okay. So, anyways, I'm gonna meet you, Darren. Sorry. Yeah, Stringer and you again, Chan, and I'm gonna meet t- hopefully she and Terry and uh, Sammy and Simeon. She, uh, she and Terry. Uh, Perkett. Oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Do you know what? I thought it's weird. Sorry, I've I've really lowered the time when I was saying the brass. That's a whole house. Sorry, sorry. sorry. <laughs> um, so I've really lowered the time. Sorry, 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 mate. Um, you won't have me on here really. That Darren Bucky Chan. Um, I've not actually met Terry Burkett. Darren seems to think I have. I I can't. I don't think I've ever met. I've seen him on the on on Instagram and Facebook mm. and stuff. But I don't think I've ever met him. So, um, but yeah, it'd be interesting. We just all go out and get drunk. Yeah, just shoot the breeze. I don't know. Do you think anyone will appreciate our love for Bond though? Who cares? Yeah, who cares? Stringer will love it. Stringer will be with us in the conversation. So yeah, but what can you do, Darren? Where can people connect with you if they want to get if they want to ever see what you're doing? Uh, eight seven fitness. Uh, which is my Instagram, so 87 underscore fitness. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Facebook, mm-hmm. 
that's normally it really facebook and instagram um so yeah hit me up on there have a look check me out or don't up to you (laughs) well guys anyways make sure if you like this conversation make sure to like share subscribe to the drew spirience follow darren he's a friend he's an amazing father an amazing coach and his story is amazing check out our first conversation if you like this one yeah this was a bit longer but who cares you gotta have those long ones to enjoy the process it was look it was it's been a it's been a it's been a few glasses of wine. It's been a few, it's a few glasses of wine till one in the morning. 